Hello everyone, this is Amanda. And this is Laura. And this is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. I'm Amanda. And I'm Laura. And this is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about something you guys might have heard of. Um, It is a place in Japan called the Suicide Forest, otherwise known as Aokigahara. Gara? I'm not quite sure how to say that. Aokigahara, I think. Um, It's northwest of... Uh, majestic Mount Fuji and it's 13.5 square miles of forest so thick that the foliage that is known as the, the, the foliage that it is is known as the sea of trees but it's grim history made the woods a fitting location for the spooky horror film the forest many visitors have chosen this place as a setting for their final moments walking in with no intention of ever walking back out and before I start on this episode, I just want to say that if any of you have lost your family members um, into the forest, um, or deeply to or to, yeah, or to suicide in general, yeah. that I'm I'm sorry for your loss, and I know that these holiday like holidays especially can yeah, be hard, can be kind of hard. Yeah, for we everyone. don't like talking about it, but it's a good topic to talk about because a lot of people need to accept that they have depression and there's nothing wrong with it and that's mainly why we're doing this episode too and it's and it's fascinating but we're not doing it to disrespect anybody that has taken their own life or went there and taken their own life okay so um many visitors have chosen this place as the setting for their final moments without any intention of ever walking back out. Aokigahara is one of the world's best-known destinations for suicide. Statistics on Aokigahara's suicide rates vary in part because the forest is so lush that some bodies can go undiscovered for years or might be lost forever. Some estimates claim up to 100 people a year take their lives there. Japan has a tradition of ritual suicide. Self-inflicted death doesn't carry the same stigma in Japan, as it does in other countries, the practice of seppuku, seppuku, a samurai's honorable suicide, dates back to Japan's feudal era. And while the tradition is no longer the norm, vestiges of the seppuku culture can be seen today in the way suicide is viewed as a way of taking responsibility. Yoshinoro Cho, author of Why Do People Commit Suicide?, and director of the psychiatry department at Tiekyo University in Kawasaka told the Japan Times, Japan has a higher suicide rate 
the global financial crisis of 2008 and ensuing economic instability seemed to spur a 15% increase in suicides in Japan alone. The incidents peaked in March 2009, the end of Japan's fiscal year. In 2011, the executive director of a suicide prevention hotline told Japan Times callers most frequently cite mental health and family problems as the reason for contemplating suicide, but behind that, there are other issues such as financial problems or losing their job. The Japanese government enacted suicide prevention strategies in Aoki Gahara. The plans aim to reduce Japan's suicide rates by 20% over seven years. Part of these measures include posting security cameras at the entrance of Aoki Gahara and increasing patrols. Suicide prevention counselors and police have also posted signs on various paths throughout the forest that offer messages like, Think carefully about your children, your family, and your life as a precious gift from your parents. Okigahara is naturally a bit spooky. The forest trees organically twist and turn their roots, winding across the forest floor in treacherous threads. Because of its location at the base of the mountain, the ground is uneven, rocky, and perforated with hundreds of caves. But more jarring than its tricky terrain is the feeling of stillness. The trees are too tightly packed for winds to whip through and the wildlife is sparse. In Japan, most people take their lives by hanging. The second most common method is jumping from a high place. According to a 2004 study, the government has increased the height of bridge railings and other steps in Aokigahara to curb suicide attempts. The suicide force myth may be connected to Ubusate. Ubusate is a form of... (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if Steven was on here, he'd be like, no, bitch, this is how you say it. Yeah, later on, we're going to have Laura's friend come on. He's actually been there. We'll talk to him, and he can pronounce this better than we can. Yeah. Because if I tried to do it, I would really fuck it up. Ubusate. I'd be like, Ugamata. Ooga booga. Oogie walkie walkie chalkie. <laughs> okay, well, my hillbilly ass. Uvas- Uvasate is a form of euthanasia that translates roughly to abandoning the old woman. In this practice, allegedly resorted to in times of famine, a family decreases the number of mouths to feed by leading an el- elderly relative to a mountain or similarly remote environment to die from dehydration, starvation, or exposure. Hmm. So they would like, they would pick who they were going to have to feed and everything, and they would just. Could you imagine abandoning your mom or your dad in the forest to like die? No. (laughs) Oh my god, that's horrible. Ugh, Jesus. Um. Let's see. Yeah, many argue that. Ubisate was never a real tradition, but a product of folklore potentially connected to the suicide forest. The suicide forest might be haunted. Some believe that the ghost or uri of those abandoned by Ubisate and the mournful spirits of those who took their own lives linger in the woods. Folklore claims that they are vengeful, dedicated to tormenting visitors and luring those who are sad and lost off the path. 
I've actually read a couple of stories already about mm-hmm. how um, blood curdling screams go through the forest. That's yeah, or um, the the spirits will like mess with yeah. like your um, like if you um, leave like a, if you have like a trail or something, or they like mess the, the they trail. mess with the trail or and something then... to get you lost. Um, there's actually like. If you go in there to go camping, like, they'll they'll assume that you're going in there to, like, take your own life. Like, there's a million, like, tents and stuff in there. Yeah. Like, pe- the, people go in there to, like, camp, and then they just never come back. Like, they, it's crazy. I don't understand, though. Like, his, you know, they find some people. Where are the other people? Some people just, like, there's caves and stuff in there. Oh, or then, so. like, people, things eat them, I guess. Probably, yeah. Because I mean, the people that aren't hanging, I guess things can get to them more. They could, but it's said that there's not very much wildlife in that forest. Do you think it's the spirits that do something with their bodies? Probably. That's I mean, if you think about shit. it, it's kind of like a giant s- sacrifice. Like, yeah, it is. That's fu- that's fucking weird. Like, there was a story about a guy that, like, he was. Um, it was one of the the guards that stands outside and a woman came up to him and was asking for help out of the forest like she got lost and he goes oh yeah of course I'll help you like get back to the gate and everything and um they get all the way back to the gate and he's talking to this woman about her life and everything and her children and um he turns around and she's gone he Aww. like he doesn't know where she is she disappeared and then um, later on that day, they were doing, they do sweeps and everything for the bodies. Yeah. And he found her sweater that she was wearing. And she had been dead for a month out there. And he was just talking to her. So it was like she was trying to lead him to where she was at, but she mm-hmm. was also talking to him. Like- she wanted her, she wanted her way out of the forest. And it's <gasps> believed that, you know, like a lot of those spirits, when they do that there, they're trapped there. Like, the yeah, other bad spirits won't that, let them leave. And they say that's like a type of purgatory or something mm-hmm. when you take... Which I don't know if I believe in, you know, hell and all that shit like they talk about. Oh, me and you've already talked about that. But I... I feel I, like you might be... I th- like I'm in a yeah, cycle. I'd be scared that you'd have to keep reliving it. it. That's yes. what we've heard. And I, we've actually had a, a medium friend tell us that's what happened, so that's kind of scary. Because it's like it's kind of like your punishment for taking your life and, and everything. And it shows your they shut like flashes of your family, mm-hmm. and it makes you think about that would be horrible. Like, could you imagine like taking like your own hell. life and then it, they show you like what your life would have been. been like? Yeah, and that's what just... she pretty much said. Yeah. But the the guard said that he didn't feel weird about it. He felt like he was saving her. Like, he helped her find a way yeah. out of the forest and everything. And maybe that her soul was able to, like, actually to get some rest. Yeah. And not actually be trapped there. Mm-hmm. But, though, it says that there, people set up altars in the forest mm-hmm. that try to... I think that with it having a history of 
being like a grounds for people committing suicide that there are definitely going to be some negative forces there and you have to think a lot of those people they're bitter they're angry when like when you they, know when they do it so yeah. all that energy is residual like it doesn't go anywhere yeah so, so yeah i could like totally there. yeah i could totally believe that they they try and lure other people there and it's actually said that if you have like a really bad history of like depression, depression and stuff that they tell you out. yeah they tell you not to come go in there like they'll out. have people like like there's been instances of um the the ghosts and stuff there like imitating your loved ones and, and like telling you to do it mm-hmm. yeah i've heard of that too what did uh steven say he he said that the energy there is so Sad. like it's so bad like you can just feel it the second you yeah. step there it feels it's like this overcoming sense of like sadness like yeah it just makes you feel very uneasy he said that he walked maybe not even like a few feet into there and it just was too much and he left yeah i don't think i could go in there i don't think Me i could you either. wouldn't be able to i don't think I think I think that that's actually like a lot of spiritually in tune people like when they when they go. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's very overwhelming for them. They're like, but like that story about that guy like seeing that girl and she's like, "Can you show me the way out?" Like she's talking about her family and everything. So could you imagine seeing a full body apparition and talking to somebody and thinking they're there? I've seen full body apparitions, but I've never had one talk to me. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's scary as shit. Uh, I would probably be scared of that. But then it says that people hear blood-curdling screams while wandering through the forest. Which is made by, what is that? You said that. What is that? Uri? Yeah, who is that? It's, uh, it's what they call spirits. Oh, okay. A writer in... In the Japan Times told of an incident where he heard a terrifying scream in the forest. When he went searching for the source of the noise, he came across a dead body of a man at the base of a tree. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Uh-uh. A quick examination revealed that a corpse had been, the corpse had been dead for some time and could not have been the source of the scream, but maybe his spirit was. Dude, if I went to that, like, me and him have been talking about going no, to Japan and everything. Yeah, again? I would totally go. Yeah. But, like, I don't I wouldn't go too far in there. I know that. It says another hallmark of the forest is that there have been supposedly literal ghost sightings with visitors sometimes claiming to see white figures drifting between the trees. When the, what is that? Sci-fi paranormal investigation show destination truth investigation uh the forest they may have caught one of these apparitions on camera Ooh, was it the what is that word again i'm sorry is it a uri i think that's how it's saying it uri or just a trick of the light was probably really a ghost i mean it was probably really that thing i would think so anyways wouldn't you? Yeah, I would too. Uh, let's see. Some 
Some who enter the forest with intent to die by suicide do eventually leave. And then, but most of them don't, right? That's yeah. what they say. That's why a lot of people only They'll go, go camping the... and stuff because that's why they said that they they watch people that bring tents and stuff in. Sometimes they won't even let them in there mm. um, because that's that's supposed to be them contemplating whether or not they want to go Do through it. with it or not. Uh uh-uh. uh could you imagine camping out there, dude? No, like, I wouldn't fucking... want to cry. I, no. That's what I'm saying, like, being one of those people that's, like, went there, like, actually contemplating it and didn't do it. And, like, coming back home, like, God, hearing, like, screams and stuff, like, throughout the night. I could not sleep there. Yeah. I know that I couldn't sleep there with that energy. You want to read this part? That sounds cool. Oh, the curse thing? Have you heard that? Yeah. Um... During a Vice documentary that takes a tour of the forest, an extremely creepy curse is found. There's a Jack Skellington-like doll with his face cut off, nailed upside down to a tree as a sort of inverted crucifixion. According to the documentary's guide, Azusa Hayono, they nailed this character upside down as a symbol of contempt for society. No, it's more like a curse. The curse is nailed in. Apparently, it's not uncommon for visitors to leave a curse on the world they're leaving behind. And that's what I was talking about. Like, a lot of people oh. like bitter when they go out, when they do that there. There are different mammals and numerous species of insects in Aokigahara. Other mammals that live in Aokigahara are the Asian black bear, deer, wild rabbit, mice, boar, fox, Japanese squirrel and Japanese mink. It is also home to various insects, including ground beetles, numerous species of butterflies, and so much more. So yeah, they could. I gu- I'm guessing. My guess would be that like if they don't ever find most of those bodies, they've probably been eaten. It says here people often find clothing or body pot body parts while traveling through it. Oh yeah. So it's called the sea of trees. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like there's like a. There's like a collection of shoes and shit. Oh my god. Yeah, this one picture is guys. This guy, there's just a shoe. That just sent me a second ago. Mm-hmm. We need to put all these pictures on our page. But it's very interesting. See, there's just a shoe. The retrieval of dead bodies is conducted every year. The surge of suicide rates in the forest has driven the authorities to put. A sign at random places in Aokigahara urging suicidal individuals to ask for help instead of taking their lives. Mm -hmm. And it says not all suicide victims are found. Although there is an annual search for the dead bodies in Aokigahara, it's common for suicide victims' bodies not to be found. The suicide forest density and its challenging terrain make it nearly impossible to retrieve all the remains. Oh my god. There's just so many that they can't keep up with it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is definitely good. So I guess if you do you see anything else in there that's interesting about it? Um, there's a story about somebody that went hiking by themselves in the forest, but I I'm not sure if it's gonna be anything crazy. It says a lot of people had asked me if I saw weird things. Apparently, it's common to find shoes or bones. The only odd thing I saw was a huge rope. 
I could tell it had been there for a long time. I wanted to think it might have been used to hold an old tree or maybe someone used it to mark the way. I didn't take a picture of it because if somebody really did use it to commit suicide, taking a picture would have been extremely disrespectful. Oh, yeah. And despite of the stories, I never felt a weird vibe. In any case, I felt absolutely, absolutely solitude, which is hard to feel in today's extremely busy world that we live in. I don't know, just knowing how many people have, like, died there, I don't think I could either. Yeah, definitely not me. I mean, they say that they've seen so many ghosts in there, that's... And it's just like, well, the ones you were talking about, the one of the lady that was trying to lead the person to her stuff, right? You know, which is her jacket. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was crazy because it was like the fact that they found her that same day and she had been in there for like like a month already. Months. Like they said that she was already so decomposed that the only thing that they could make out was her her sweater and her clothes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alright. Well, that's told you all we know about it but we will have laura's friend come in here and he's actually been there before but um we'll let him tell his story about it and we will just put it in this recording and i hope you guys have enjoyed me and laura talking about it and we will add in the other parts to it later so Yep. Alrighty. That will be all of our information on it today. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I have my friend Stephen with us, and he's going to tell you guys about his experience with the suicide forest in Japan. Okay, so hi, I'm Steven. Watashiwa Steven Desh Yoroshiko Nagashimasu. Anyways, uh, I was in Japan back in 2017 for a trip for myself, I guess. I was there for three months. And I was in school there. And on one of our school trips, we went up towards Fuji and checked out the mountains and everything. Well, we just happened to be on the edge of the suicide force. Mm-hmm. And everyone was kind of nervous about going in there because <laughs> there's all the, the tales and, of course... You know, in Asian culture, they're very, they're very sensitive or like, I don't necessarily say sensitive, but they're very wary of like spirits and ghosts. Mm. It's very common. Mm. And, Not um, whereas the white people are just like, oh, there's a ghost. Get your camera out. Come on, let's go. Yeah, no, they don't like that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so. Logan Paul. I <laughs> uh, hate that, man. Um, anyways, we, uh, we went close by it. And I actually went in there. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm Apache Indian. I ain't scared of no ghost. I ain't scared of no ghost. <laughs> so I went in there, and it was actually a really, really beautiful forest. It was lush green. There was moss everywhere. I mean, the, the land there is just rich. But not long into getting deeper into the forest, you almost felt cold like there were some spots of it that were still kind of foggy and yeah I was there kind of middle of the day which not usually fog but 
just the energy overwhelming there was just sad or desperate. And I didn't really like it. I was only in the force maybe five, ten minutes before I was like, nope. Yeah. Like, I can't. Like, there's just too much sadness here. And a very typical thing they find in the forest are shoes. Because in Japanese culture, and I won't say it's all of them, but most of the time when someone commits suicide, they take their shoes off. So most of the time, rangers that walk around there trying to look for bodies... They find the shoes before anything. Yeah. <clears throat> and like I was saying in the, the podcast and everything, um, they don't go out to retrieve the bodies until, like, a year. So, I mean, they do the check-ins and everything. They obviously see... But the forest is so large. Yeah. People can sneak in, no problem. Yeah. Especially at night. Like, if you're going to go kill yourself, you're not going to try to stop. But, oh, God, there's a closed fence. Yeah. No. They, um... Because, I mean, I was over there... And actually, one of the trains I was getting on had to be stopped halfway because somebody on the next station had jumped. And that's, that's a, it's, it's not an uncommon thing for people to jump and kill themselves because it's a very, they're very functional and it's a very high stress environment for their, you always see people in the suits. Well, those people in the suits usually work in like 100 hour work weeks. Yeah. We complain about 40. Yeah. These people were working 100-hour work weeks. And, I mean, I remember many a times I'd be walking around at night and you would see people in three-piece suits sleeping on a bench in a park. And it's not because they're homeless. Yeah. It's just easier to go there. Yeah, and then have to go all the way back home. Then to go back home and fight the trains. Like, it's, it's not a joke. Those first morning trains, you were, like, squished in like sardines. I saw people taking some running steps and jumping into there. Oh, and then clo- they like the police would have to grab both the doors and try to close them. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but spirits are very common over there, um, especially in Japanese lore and culture. They're yeah. very wary of it. And any time somebody has killed themselves or died in a house or an apartment, the rent's always cheaper. Yeah, and that's a telltale sign right there because they will not live or they don't care but most of the time a normal well, I don't say normal that's kind of bad but um, most of the situations you'll see if I say an apartment's like a, a, a very nice apartment in like Shinjuku or Shibuya I saw one for like 700 a month and it's like right there in Shibuya and I was like, why is nobody in there? And one of my friends was telling me, it's because somebody died in there. Oh. And Japanese will not live in there. Yeah. And even houses or apartments near graveyards, very cheap rent. Because they're very wary and scared of the, the spirits or the ghosts. Well, um, when I was reading on it and everything, it was telling me that, um, like, if you're, like, like... If you're already depressed as a person or, like, um, like heavily, like, you've tried to take your own life or something like that before, they normally tend to tell you not to go into the forest because the spirits will, like, oh, I try and keep it. you there. I yeah. can believe it. And there's been, like, instances of people, like, eat, since the forest is so big, you have to, like, mark your way and the tape, the, like, the tape will, like, be gone. Like, mm-hmm. so they say that the spirits are, like, messing with it so you get lost in there. Oh, I can believe it. Like I said, I'm I'm not really scared. Yeah. 
but even I was in there like not necessarily scared but got uncomfortable real quick yeah it's just the I feel like it would be more it wouldn't be like I was by myself too now if I was with a group I feel like maybe it would not be, so much. be more of an instance of like I'm not scared. It's more like man, this is a deep like agony kind of feeling. Like this is you deep could you sadness. could feel the sadness. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, I've never been at so much peace before in my life. Just living in Japan outside mm-hmm. of the forest, of course. But mm-hmm. even the wind, you you just hear a pin drop most of the time while you're there. Especially where I lived in Fujimidai. And you can just be walking home after school from the train station or after work. Yeah. And you could just stop for a second. And just the wind was so brought over just a calming peace and serenity. I swear to God, I've never felt anything like that before in my life from just the wind. Yeah. And then you transition over into this place where it's full of sadness and confusion, really. Yeah. Because people get lost and they don't know any way out, and also, you know, sometimes they they feel like they have no choice because debt is a huge thing over there. If yeah. you get into debt, you are fucked. Yeah, like especially deep debt. And the yakuza aren't necessarily so predominant about it, like in some other Asian countries with the gangsters, but they could still be yeah on you, and they might take body parts from you to pay their debt and some people get so far in debt with everything because there's not really as much of a financial help as we have here in the u.s yeah and you got to find some way to do it but some people feel like that's what they had to do i mean if i would have if i was walking probably another 15 20 minutes deeper in there I might have come across something. I don't know. I wasn't trying to find anything. I was just just wanting to to sightsee. Yeah. Until the point where I was like... like, tents? Nothing? Like shoes? Where I was. No. I didn't... I didn't... I stayed on the main path for most of it. And then I saw like a little bit of a gully. And it looked really beautiful. I mean, good lord. I, I wish my phone still had the pictures of it. Yeah. But I got a new phone, and well, herp derp, that thing's gone. Yeah. But it was an amazingly beautiful forest. Like, I could. It sounds fucked up, but I could see why somebody would go there. Yeah, because it's like. I don't know, man. A lot of people don't want to be scared when no. they're dying like that. Some people, you know, I can understand it's just like it's on a whim. It's like, this is too much shit. I can't do this anymore. Just jump straight off the fucking street train tracks like it's just it's like without like a second guess you're just like bam but i mean they were good at cleaning that shit up within 30 minutes the train was running again Oof. If that would have happened here in the u.s it would have been oh yeah hours plus because people would have been like videotaping it fucking oh yeah, yeah. it'd yeah. have been all over the place yeah it might have had a small part on the news over there yeah but they don't really want to bring that much attention to it because it kind of disrupts everything, and they don't want people to be sad. Yeah. They know they're working hard. Like, even some places, you can take a nap at your job and not get fired. Yeah. Because it's a sign that you've been working so hard, but you kind of have to when you're working 100-something-hour work week. Oh, yeah. We're weak over here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we do have some harder jobs now at times, but it's an office job over there. 
and staring at a screen all day for maybe hours and hours. Getting on end. getting your ass kicked by your boss and they can do that yeah. and get away with it, no problem. I mean that's happens here too sometimes, but at least there's a fucking HR here. Right. Most of the time. But I mean it's 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 beautiful forest. But I wanna go. When when you do see it, oh you're gonna freak out if you go. I wanna go. It looks pretty You're very attuned to energies. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be you're gonna be shaking on your way out. Probably. I promise you. I probably will be. My mom was like, I'm not going in there. If I have a go, I'm not going. Uh, I, I don't know. I just But on the way up there, I mean on on the bus ride up there to the to past Fuji. I mean, my god. That mountain range, the forest, there was a part where you were coming around the curve and you could see the mountain like a mountain or a good side of it was hollowed out and there's just this beautiful beautiful lake and it wasn't a huge huge lake but it was a nice sized lake in there and i mean the trees the grass the houses how they were stacked oh my god it's fucking gorgeous gorgeous it's the whole way up even into the forest and around it yeah beautiful beautiful place and you know i would hope to anybody that's going through something like that you can just take a minute and just think about what you're doing and just yeah. be there and take in the moment of what's all around you. Yeah. They have a sign at the front of it where it says... Um, I don't read kanji. Think, well, it was. It says, don't, uh, think about your family yeah. and the people that you're leaving behind. It's true because they know what people are doing out there. Yeah. And like I said earlier, that's not going to stop anybody. Oh, yeah. If you want to do something, you're going to do it. Come right. hell or high water. Yeah. But... They tried. Hope. There's been instances where they have tried to stop people, though, or like at least like mediate them with, way. with like like if you go in there with a tent or something, mm-hmm. they'll they'll try and say something, you know. But like you said, logically, a lot of people, you know, like if it's really heavily packed like that, just wait till it's dark and then just go a different way. I mean, yeah, if you want to do something, you're it's gonna a do forest, it. so it's a huge forest. Yeah, exactly. And it's up near a mountain range, like because mm-hmm. I, I don't really have like I didn't really see predators there. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have, well, they have some bears. Yeah. But I don't have, like, as many as we do over here. And I'm not too sure about, I don't think they have wolves at all. I wouldn't think so. I haven't heard, I haven't anything. heard anything about wolves. but Maybe in certain areas. I don't know. But. It had to be more north of probably Fukushima. Yeah. I wouldn't think immediately, like, right there, though. Mm-mm. I never saw any run through the city. I mean, hell, you you can be <laughs> here in town sometimes to see a coyote run through town. So. Right. Well, all right, guys. I guess that's everything that we have on that. And we appreciate you for listening. And hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We love you guys, and you can check us out on any of our social media pages. Our Facebook page is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits, and our Instagram is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. Bye!